Welcome to the audiobook podcast of Turing Test, book one of the AI Diaries trilogy. This is E.M. Foner, and you can contact me through Facebook or through my author website, ifitbreaks.com. Chapter 21 By early evening, I had the apartment broom clean and had replaced my magnetic door locks with the lock set that was there when I moved in. Spot spent most of the day curled up on his favorite blanket, as if he knew something was going on and was saving his strength. I was going to leave the blanket at Ebeth's apartment, but her mother didn't answer the door, so I decided to just bring it along to the portal and give it to the girl there. I took Spot for a final walk around the building and stopped at the dumpster for old time's sake. They say that dogs don't have good long-term memories, which may explain why he decided to relieve himself on the exact spot where we had originally met. I suspect we shared the same melancholy feeling as I drove to the portal for the last time, though I'm not sure the dog missed the terror that Ebeth was capable of injecting into even the shortest trip. When a kid with his eyes glued to a tiny screen walked into the street and forced me to hit the brakes, I didn't even blow up his phone. It struck me all at once that I was going to miss this planet. The lieutenant greeted us just inside the door with, Did you bring the paperwork? Everything is right here, I told him, patting my valise. I'm giving you a bill of sale for the van as well, so you can let the cooks drive it around when they go to the farmer's markets in season. And I have a power of attorney for you so you can settle anything else that comes up. What did the girl say when you told her you're all leaving tonight? The lieutenant asked. After watching the most popular YouTube videos on ending relationships, I decided to leave my goodbyes to Ebeth until the last possible moment, I told him. There's a big gaming convention in the city this weekend, so I gave her and Deathlord a pair of day passes along with $500 in spending money to pay for her secretarial work. I spent the day cleaning out the apartment and tying up loose ends. When Ebeth and Deathlord get back, I'll make it quick and save her from suffering. How? Were you planning on using my gun? the lieutenant asked. I don't understand how you can even joke about such a thing. Just when I was starting to think you're pretty smart for alien artificial intelligence, you go and do something stupid like this, he said. You're underestimating, Ebeth, I told him, spreading the paperwork out on the table. She's a strong girl and she has her whole life here. People aren't equations to be solved, Mark. Neither are your alien friends, for that matter. In any case, you're the one who's underestimating Ebeth. He shook his head at me and exhaled heavily. Well, let's get the paperwork signed so I can slip out of here when she finds out what you have planned. We have to wait for Justin. He's a notary public. Justin came through about two hours ago with your art thief friend. They had a rental van and quite a bit of baggage that took them several trips to take downstairs for storage in your office. Funny thing is that I'd swear they took something invisible off the roof rack and brought it in together, but maybe they were practicing to be mimes. I checked for their location beacons, but they were nowhere to be found. Obviously, they'd come early and taken the portal to our next destination, probably to avoid my lecture about only bringing items that fell within the rules. You must know a notary who owes you a favor, I said to the lieutenant. As opposed to you going down to the basement and slipping through your magic portal to bring him back? Come on, Mark. I've been watching for years while you and your friends disappear downstairs like you're taking a subway, and the name of the restaurant is a bit of a giveaway just like you using I for a family name. I have been told I'm a little too literal-minded, I admitted. It's for the best in any case, he said. I stopped by to check up on that lawyer we busted for running a grow house last month, and we got to talking about the restaurant. He's going to file a trademark on the portal for me, 
in return for reducing the charges from commercial cultivation to individual use, and he has a brother in the franchising business. We're going to branch out to all the major train stations. When did you get so ambitious, I asked him. Hanging around here and watching you guys casually change the world. Donovan, he called over his shoulder. Yes, boss, the bartender replied. We need some papers notarized. Did you bring your stamp like I told you? Got it right here. Can I bring you guys anything to drink? I did a quick study of the bottles that legally still belong to me. I'll have a Glen something and make it a double. Lieutenant Harper grimaced. I just hope you have the programming to appreciate what you're drinking. The signing went smoothly, all 42 documents, and the portal had now changed hands in the eyes of local and state authorities, or at least it would when the lieutenant paid the filing fees. After we finished, I checked for the location beacons of my other team members and found that Kim had also slipped through without waiting for me to arrive, probably loaded down with illegal medical supplies. Then Paul walked in towing several large boxes floating on hoverboards, linked one to the next like a train. Come on, I exclaimed. There are people watching, you know. Sorry, he said, and switched on the Rinksian cloaking technology. I was trying to save the fuel cells for the other side. It may take a while to find a place to set everything up. Can I get you something, Donovan asked him. I'll have a crankshaft. It may be the last cold beer I get in a while. Helen showed up next with two enormous rollaways, which made me wonder how much of her month on Earth had been spent shopping. Then she went back out to the car and brought in a third rollaway, plus a tray of freshly baked cookies. I have to admit that I was growing partial to the smell. Where are Ebeth and Spot? she asked. Spot's downstairs getting warm and Ebeth will be here soon. I sent her and Deathlord to a gaming convention for the day. Oh, I would have gone to that, she said. When am I going to get the chance again to hustle guys who think that girls can't game? She grabbed a chair at the table and set down the tray of cookies on top of the pile of paperwork in front of the lieutenant. Eat, you too, Donovan. The side door opened and Sue came in with a modest carry-on bag. I decided to use it as an object lesson for the others on packing light, but before I got past ten words, I heard a telltale, Meow. I don't want to be the first one to let the cat out of the bag, but I'm guessing those aren't clothes, the lieutenant said. I brought all of my clothes and knickknacks through earlier today with Paul, Sue said. We established a forward supply dump. And you were going to tell me about this when? We know that you're trying to be a stickler, Mark, Paul said. We just wanted to save you some emotional pain. That doesn't make any sense, I began. But a pair of mismatched Imperial stormtroopers burst through the front door and interrupted me. The lieutenant actually started from his seat but even without scanning ability, he was a quick enough thinker not to go for his weapon. I take it Ebeth is the short one, he surmised. Cool beans, Helen said. Now I really feel bad about missing the convention. The helmets came off and I don't remember ever seeing Ebeth looking so happy. At least I'd gotten that part right. Thank you, Mark, she said. That was the greatest day ever. Some rich geek offered me $10,000 for my laptop after I toasted everybody, but I told him it was an experimental prototype I'd borrowed from a neighbor. He believed it? Probably not. Hey, can I take it with me to the ferryman reservation? My virtual heart sank into the dress shoes that Sue now insisted I wear for important occasions. Uh, about that, Ebeth, we need to talk. Are you going to lecture me about going to school again, she asked suspiciously. I'll be hiding behind the bar if anybody needs me, the lieutenant said, rising from his chair and beating a rapid retreat. 
I've established a trust fund for you, Ebeth, for spot two. I didn't want to ruin your life by making you so wealthy that you'd never have a reason to work, but it will pay for college and— I don't want your trust fund, she interrupted, and I'm not going to college unless they have them on the ferryman reservation, and I can pay my own way, in gold, she added. Where did you get gold, Helen asked, before I could correct the girl's misconceptions. I traded fifth, the bitcoin everybody on the team gave me for tips. He wanted my help buying a bunch of illegal stuff on the dark web and he needed a way to pay. It was win-win. I'm glad you were able to get some gold, Ebeth, but you're not even 17 yet, I reminded her. I'd really like to start my next probationary assignment on the right foot by not kidnapping a minor. How does kidnapping come into it? I want to go. It's your laws. Even if I was your biological father, I couldn't take you out of the country without your mother's written permission. Just print it up and I'll sign it. You know I've been doing that for years. This is a little more important than a report card, I told her. Ebeth exhaled heavily and looked at Deathlord. Tell him, the boy said. Mom decided that she had it with the cold weather and left for Florida with some guy two weeks ago. She said that now I have a boyfriend I can take care of myself. Is she crazy, I asked, forgetting that I was always telling Ebeth that even though her mother was far from perfect, she still deserved the respect that any parent was due. When my mom was my age, she already had me. From her standpoint, she's done a great job getting me this far, and now it's time for me to work it out on my own. I'm trying to take it as a compliment. We could be her foster parents, Sue suggested, reminding me yet again of the extent to which my second-in-command had gone native. I was beginning to wonder if Sue would ever return to being her old self, and moving to another planet full of humans certainly wasn't going to help. Before I could even begin to explain how impractical that suggestion was, Ebeth laid down the law. I'm an honorary citizen of library, the girl declared. Stacy gave me her crystal last month. You're infringing on my free right to travel and whatnot. I looked over at the lieutenant, who was following the conversation with great interest from behind the bar. I'm not going to get in trouble with our new galactic overlords by standing in the girl's way, he said. Besides, she's got ID showing that she's 21. But I was counting on you to take care of Spot, I protested, even though I have to admit that it sounded pretty lame in context. Then I absolutely have to come with you, Ebeth said. Didn't you notice that he's been staging his tennis ball collection in your office for weeks? I thought he brought them in the car as mouth protectors, you know, like athletes but only on the trips from your apartment to the restaurant? I suppose I did see a few dogs in those video testimonials that Fifth showed us, I allowed. Maybe he'll blend in. And Brutus would have missed him, Paul said. He's already over on the ferryman reservation guarding our supply dump. But what about Deathlord, I asked. I thought the two of you, I'm coming with you guys, Mr. I, he said. I gave him a crystal last week, Paul told me. Registered it and everything. They're both honorary citizens of library now, so I listed them as auxiliaries for the team, which covers the cost if they need emergency extraction. Did you explain to Deathlord that the ferrymen have limited the technological advances on their reservations? You'll probably be setting up shop shaving spokes for wagon wheels and using animal fat to grease wooden axles. So we'll invent bronze bearings and make a killing, Paul said. Try looking on the sunny side, even though the sun was a bit too red for my taste. I hope I'm doing the right thing, I sighed. Sue gave my shoulder a squeeze that I suspect was intended to be comforting. It wasn't half bad. We'll have to get you some in-ear translators until you can learn the local language. Kim put them in for us yesterday, Ebeth told me. It's kind of weird, but we'll get used to it. 
Hey, check out this video clip Donovan called, pointing up at the TV. There was a traffic jam in that section of depressed highway coming out of the city this evening, and some maniac in a jeep drove past everybody by sticking to the wall. That's some crazy traction. We all turned our attention to the TV as the announcer introduced clip after clip of eyewitness video recorded on smartphones. In several of them, Ebeth and Deathlord were easily identifiable. Cool beans, Helen said again. Now I triple wish I went with you guys. Why did you wait to get back here before you put on the Imperial Stormtrooper costumes, I demanded. Fallback plan, so you'd have to let us come along, Ebeth said. It was your mentor's idea, actually. He phoned earlier today and said you can be insanely stubborn at times. I told him that I hadn't noticed. I'm going to have to ask you to leave those jeep keys with me, the lieutenant said, returning to the table and holding out his hand for Deathlord to comply. Police business. Don't you two need to go pick up your stuff, I asked? I brought it through for them earlier today, Paul said. You'll be pleased to know that Ebeth packed light. We finished up our drinks and headed down to my office. I quickly put together a catalog of destinations with Red Sun so that Ebeth could show off her portal selection ability to her boyfriend and the lieutenant. The girl grabbed the joystick and screamed past the first 60 options, stopping dead on a rather dusty-looking scene where the only familiar items were several dozen tennis balls that were positioned at random, as if they'd been rolled through the portal. I looked suspiciously at Spot, who chose to scratch vigorously behind an ear. This is it, the lieutenant asked? You step through a brick wall in my basement and you're on another world? Just watch us, Ebeth said, and grabbing Deathlord's hand, pulled the boy through the portal. Get out of those costumes and change into regular clothes, I shouted through the portal after them. You're going to frighten the natives. Don't worry, Paul said. The temporary portal is in a ravine outside of town and the others will have secured the area. Can you give me a hand with these crates? Why are you keeping your cloaking device on now that I know what's there, the lieutenant asked, as I help Paul maneuver the invisible train of floating crates through the portal. The cloak hides them from the automatic security filters, Sue explained. It's how we move things that aren't really allowed. It's been a pleasure knowing you, lieutenant, and I hope we meet again someday. Drop in any time, he said, gesturing at the portal. I don't suppose I have to worry about an alien invasion? My team and I are the only ones who can operate the portal, I told him. Well... My mentor, and the engineers, of course, but they don't count. Spot took his favorite blanket in his mouth, shook his head back and forth to get it settled over his back, and then trotted through the portal without a backward glance. We manhandled Helen's oversized rollaways through the narrow office space, and then she walked through the portal as well, followed by Sue with her cats. Or maybe they were our cats now. I was getting confused. Good luck, the lieutenant said, offering me a firm handshake. You too. Listen, there's going to be a lot of alien tourists showing up on this world, but you'll get an influx of shady types too, some of them selling shares in asteroid mining operations and the like. Don't believe any of it. Thanks for the tip, and I'll let you lock the door, he said. I presume this thing will shut itself down after you go through? I'll close it from the other side. I shut the door after the lieutenant and threw the deadbolt, even though there was nobody left on the planet who could access the portal other than myself. My phone vibrated in my pocket. I knew I had forgotten something. If it breaks, Mark speaking, I answered reflexively. Just calling to say goodbye, Fifth said. My crew have been working overtime growing body parts in the vats, and I should be able to pass as human within a few days. Any words of wisdom you'd care to pass along? Technically, I shouldn't be helping you at all, but I guess I can share an edited version of my memories from the last month or so, just to give you an idea of how things really work here. 
I remotely hacked into the high-speed network of the Hanker's lander just to show I could and shot him the download. Fifth, I'm trusting you to keep this confidential, all right? Postscript. The regent of Aniniac licked her crystal ball clean at the appointed time and stared into the haze. Her magic pierced the vast distances of the void, and a familiar face slowly came into focus. Hello, dearest, she spoke through her mind. My one and only love, came the reply. Once again, your wisdom has proved superior to my own. I never realized how much I needed a vacation until you forced me to take one. Are you eating well? Like a king, the archmage replied. All of my needs are catered to as well as if I were staying at a luxury resort. I received a surprise visit from the library's representative on the League's executive council seeking our support for an upcoming vote, she said. He mentioned running into you on some backwater planet and said he'd never seen you looking so relaxed. I was meaning to ask you to pick out a nice gift to express my thanks to him for not blowing my cover. Maybe one of those decorative wooden bowls the ferrymen are selling? Even AI must need a place to put little things. Is it possible to purchase such goods on a Niniac? They opened a reservation direct outlet store here over a thousand years ago, the regent replied patiently. Her husband had never been good with practical matters, and as much as she missed him, it was easier running a planet of mages without his well-meaning interference. I buy handwoven baskets from the ferrymen to give out as baby gifts to our staff, and the outlet sells lovely retirement rugs as well. Oh, listen, my love. The inhabitants at my last stop developed a form of distributed cryptocurrency with no magical protection. It's widely used for criminal activities and is completely anonymous, so I raided the wallets of all the cyber criminals and invested the proceeds in jaw exercisers that the natives use for a strange game with rackets. I prefer the used ones myself. The new ones have a strange odor and too much fur on them. Do I need to dispatch a ship to pick up a cargo? No, the natives are utterly reliant on their worldwide network for business, even though it's entirely unsecure. I was able to arrange for collection and warehousing, and I contracted directly with a hanker exploration vessel to deliver the shipment as soon as they reach capacity. That's nice, dear, the regent said. As I've gotten older, I've found that gnawing bones hurts my teeth. And that's not all. I have an idea for an invention that could reduce our scribal costs by 50%. Spot went on to describe the process of manufacturing carbon paper using hard wax and powdered ink to get around the technology ban that would prevent the use of the polymer-based coatings currently employed on Earth. He decided to save the miracle of the ballpoint pen for a future treat. This concludes my reading of Turing Test. You can contact me through Facebook or through my website, ifitbreaks.com. Yes, it's the same as Mark's website and business in the book.